Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. say the state of our union is fucking ridiculous. It's just... I don't even know where to start anymore. But I'm gonna start with Jeff Bezos's dick, because <laughs> it's in the news, and we don't know how big this is gonna get. The story I'm talking about. Uh, but... <laughs> Did you see this today? Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, owns the Washington Post, which attacks Donald Trump. And the National Enquirer works for Donald Trump and attacks Robert Wagner. But also Jeff Bezos. And <laughs> so it's a real billionaire with a real newspaper against a fake billionaire with a fake newspaper. <laughs> and the Washington Post's motto is democracy dies in darkness. And the Inquirer's motto is Jennifer Aniston has twins, but Lonnie Anderson ate them. <laughs> you following this so far? So the Inquirer got hold last week. Did you see these? Oh, my God, they're pretty embarrassing. Of texts from Jeff Bezos showing that he is having an affair with Lauren Sanchez, a TV personality. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jeff Bezos said, hey, the Inquirer did it on the orders of Trump. They're working for Trump. And the Inquirer said, shut up about that. <laughs> you shut up about that or we're going to show everybody your dick. <laughs> And they'll know it's your dick, Jeff Bezos, because under the dick, it will say, there are some other dicks that you might enjoy. (laughs) I know, it's insane. But Bezos' dick is hanging tough because it said... Not it said, he said... He fired back today. He said, go ahead, show my dick to the world. You can't blackmail me because I'm telling you on, you on you first. So I applaud that. And don't lose faith in democracy, people. This is how it works. So, but I think... Isn't the larger question, have dick pics ever worked? I mean, <laughs> Jeff, I know you're rich, but there's something you should know. There is something in your pants that makes women want to fuck you. Your wallet. (laughs) And I think that closes that chapter. Okay, now, if anybody is from Virginia, I feel so sorry for you. This is the rat-fucky estate I've ever... A third Virginia politician now has admitted to wearing blackface. I mean, this is the Republican now, Thomas Normand. He was the managing editor at the VMI yearbook, and there are photographs in there of blackface, also slurs against African-Americans, Asians, and Jews. Of course, Republicans handle this differently than Democrats do. He has been answering calls now to step up. Uh, and the governor of Virginia... This guy is just an idiot. I'm sorry. This Ralph Northam... How did he ever get through medical school? 
He has been trying to tough it out after admitting to wearing blackface in the 80s to enter a dance contest as Michael Jackson. (laughs) And now, ironically, everybody is telling him to beat it. It's, uh... (laughs) And he's just... He's just... I'm sorry, but he's just an idiot. I've interviewed a lot of politicians. Sometimes they just are. I mean, he was at a press conference trying to explain this away, and a reporter, Pulitzer Prize in the offing, I'm sure here, asked, can you still moonwalk? (laughs) And this idiot governor starts looking around like, do I have enough space to bust a move here? And his wife, thank God the wife, whispers, inappropriate. (laughs) Where was she 30 years ago when he came out of the bathroom as Michael Jackson? (laughs) I mean, so Democrats... Democrats in Virginia are in big trouble because the lieutenant governor may go down for sexual assault allegations and now rape allegations. And the third guy, another Democrat, also wore blackface in the 80s to impersonate Curtis Blow. (laughs) Guys, in Virginia, two words, Phil Collins. (laughs) Go as Phil Collins, go as Sting, Billy Idol, Wings, Backman-Turner Overdrive. There are choices, choices that don't involve blackface. I mean... The Russians are like, do we even need to meddle in this democracy? It's so fucked up. (laughs) Speaking of the Russians, Trump gave his State of the Union speech on Tuesday. Uh, He lied his ass off for 82 (laughs) minutes. Nancy Pelosi, I love this picture of her behind... Just, she had her no-fucks-left-to-give face. (laughs) And... Today, Donald Trump had his physical, his second physical as a president, close call uh, during the rectal exam. (laughs) No, this is serious. During the rectal exam, (laughs) the doctor thought he felt something. It was just Sean Hannity. Okay. (laughs) We've got a great show. We have Jack Kingston, Natasha Swartran, Malcolm Nance, and a little later I'll be speaking with comedy legend Eric Idle is here. But first up... He is the former New Jersey governor, my home state, and New York Times bestselling author of Let Me Finish, Trump, the Kushners, Bannon, New Jersey, and the Power of In-Your-Face Politics. Governor Chris Christie's over here. (laughs) Governor, how you doing? Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. No, I really appreciate it because I'm sure you know in the past I may have done one or maybe two jokes. Yeah. You're not... You're, but you're in second place still behind Letterman on the fat jokes, so you're, you'll be fine. Oh, fat jokes? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Can I tell you the best one? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris Christie can't run. He has skeletons in his closet of cows. It's, uh... <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Well, okay. and, and, and I think Letterman's best one was he said... Um, on Super Bowl weekend, and when he came back for Super Bowl, he said, um, uh, "This this weekend, um, the Ameri- he said two million pounds of chicken wings were eaten, and that was just at Governor Christie's house." 
Yeah, ours is better. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, so, maybe that's why he's off the air now. Well, Who knows? So why a book? I mean, usually people write a book, and the title, Let Me Finish, makes it sound like you have more to go in your career. Right. Uh, is usually when people write a book, it means they're setting the table to run again. Now, see, I couldn't write a book when I was governor. I'm the only governor in America where there's a law that says you can't write a book while you're is governor. That right? Yeah. Wow. And so people started asking me about writing a book after Hurricane Sandy, and I couldn't do it. And so I've been thinking about it for five years. It's been stewing up there, and I just decided once I got out, I wanted to write it. Um, I really, Bill, did it just for the money. That was it. <laughs> okay. Now, there's an honest... Yeah, okay. But... But, I mean, I remember in 2012, you were the guy that they were talking about. Yeah. Ann Coulter, who's the kingmaker now. <laughs> I remember she said, if it's not Chris Christie, I'm out. Do you remember that? Yeah, she, that's she, what she... discouraged me, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... I wonder if you have regrets, because I remember we did a piece here on the show saying, you know what, America always likes the new. They claim they want the tried and true, but look at the people who run, like Bob Dole and Walter Mondale and Mitt Romney. I could go on. John yep. McCain, the pert, John Kerry, people who wait their turn. They, don't, they like the new one. When, they, yep. when Obama ran, yeah. they said, it's too soon. And he said, no, that's, that's what's good. They don't have anything on me yet. Yep. Do you think you missed your moment? No, well, listen, I, obviously I did. I'm not president, so I missed my moment. But I, but I wouldn't do it differently. I was operating under what now is obviously an antiquated theory, which was I wasn't ready to be president because I'd only been governor for 15 months. Obviously, now that seems like a completely ridiculous right? notion. Um, right. But, but, but back then, I, I really felt it, Bill, and I just felt like it wasn't the right time. I didn't feel it, so I felt like I couldn't go out there and be genuine and ask people for their vote if I didn't feel it. So you can't second-guess that, because that's what's in your heart. And, you know, but, I, I understand the politics of it, and what you said I think is exactly right, and that was a moment, but I think it would be worse to run and win if you aren't ready than to lose. But I think you're going to run in 2024, and I think you're looking for Donald Trump to do... to fall, as he inevitably must. You must, <laughs> you must know this man does not have the moral core to be president. You must know that if Vladimir Putin came... Remember when he said, well, he, he, he called me brilliant when they asked him about Putin the first time? <laughs> well, he, he likes that. Uh, you think? Yeah. Uh, do you think if Vladimir Putin came to him and said, as it may have happened, I think you're brilliant, can I help you with this election? Donald Trump would say, no, that's wrong. Yeah, I kind of doubt that conversation actually happened, but I... It didn't but, have to be a conversation. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I would say to you, though, is that we've had a number of presidents over the course of our history who had some kind of... had a questionable moral core. Um, like him? Well, listen, we're going to see over the next couple of years how it goes from here. Um, but, you know, listen, I'm not going to defend everything that he does or says. I haven't. You see that in the book, and you see it when I'm, when I'm on television talking about it. I, I've known the guy for a long time. I know his strengths and weaknesses, and he's got some serious weaknesses along with some strengths. Okay, but like Roger Stone now. Yeah. Okay, uh, General Flynn. Right. Uh, both have sat here on this. Uh, Michael Cohen. You, really, you didn't tell me that. That's right. Goodbye. Yeah. No, <laughs> no you're not. You don't want to get duck walked out no, of here, you know. You're, you're not in trouble because you, you were lucky. They fired you. Yeah, that's right. You uh, got while the getting you was never good. Know, you never know what's good or bad yeah, as well, it happens. Listen, that, as it turns yes, out, maybe it was a good move. A very good move. Good for me, bad for the country, uh, I suspect. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't think you or anybody could ever convince Donald Trump to do anything he doesn't want to do. That's been proven. Nobody well, I, around him, not even his daughter, and we know that's the weak point. Well, yeah, but, but what I would say to you is, though, garbage in, garbage out. 
And the more people that you have bad around him and who give him right. bad, bad, you know, suggestions, you know, you wind up with a bad result. And, you know, what I was trying to do when I was around him was trying to put good stuff in front of him and trying to move him in another direction. I know how hard it is to move him. I've known him for a long time. But part of why I did what I did was to try to give him right. some better choices. I get that. And, you know, there were other people around him that didn't want that. Okay, so I was saying Stone, right. Flynn, Manafort, Cohen... These are people very close to him. They're yeah. all going to jail, probably. Correct. Okay. Is it really possible you could have this many people around you who were doing shady stuff and the top guy not know about it? Well, I think it's possible, but it doesn't matter because he's accountable for it. Like, if you put people in that position... But that, but uh, you're, you're accountable. But they could say the same thing about your, your bridge scandal. They could, and, and I said I'm accountable for that. Mm. I'm not responsible for it. There's a difference. You knew nothing about it. I knew absolutely nothing about it. That's a lot of people who are plotting No, no, by the way, it was three. Excuse me. Let's be clear on this one, okay? It was three people. Mm. It was three people, and three investigations came to the same result, that it was three people. Okay. And so I don't want to get... No, I don't want to get into that either. I understand, but the point is, though, I don't want to shorthand it and have people walk away with the wrong impression. But I'm still accountable for it. Okay. Because two of those three people so, I put in place. So, you, you know, so you have to take accountability for we it. We see this play out every day. Donald Trump, not every day, but a lot of days, mm-hmm. he tweets horrible things about yeah. Mueller. Yeah. You know Mueller. I yeah, mean, I you're, do. A, you're a prosecutor. Yeah, and I've said... You're, and a, I, yeah. you're a normal Republican. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means coming from you, but I'll take it. It, <laughs> it means you're, you know, I hope you are... Republican. No, 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 no. You don't say you hope you already committed that I was. Right. You, you are. Back off you now. are. I'm just you saying. committed. What I call Republican classic. Not the new Coke, Republican classic. I like that. Not the Trump. Okay. I like that. So, Robert Mueller, I've heard mm-hmm. you say you think he's a decent, honest, hard I think he's got honesty, guy. integrity, he's okay. a good man running a good okay. investigation. So, Trump. All right. That's not what Trump says about it. I know. He's wrong. So, who's dirty, Trump or Mueller? No, one, of them, one of them has to well, be Bob lying. Bob Mueller's not dirty. I okay. Mean, uh, so, Thank so, you. So, the, my point, and I've said, this to the, I've said this directly to the president, so I'm not saying anything to you. I haven't said to him. It's wrong for him to be calling this a witch hunt. It's dumb for him to do it. And one of the things I said to him way back in February of 17 was there, there's no way to make this shorter, but there's lots of ways to make it longer. And poking the bear and calling it a witch hunt and calling them bad people just makes it longer. But and we, it's a wrong but, thing to do. I mean, the FBI, you still believe in them, right? Yeah, most of them. Okay, most, well... Yeah, most of them. So listen, I work well, with no the FBI. organization is perfect. No, but, that's but my the point. F- as an institution. Hey, and, and listen, I love the guy who runs the FBI now. He's a good guy, smart guy, lots of integrity. Okay, okay but, but there are Republicans calling for the FBI to be disbanded. Yeah, well, they're because stupid. Of what, okay, but... You can't, like, like but, every party's got stupid people... But that comes from the president. Well, because the cops are on to him, so he's going after the cops. But let me tell you something. Just because somebody's doing something stupid... My mother taught me this. Just because someone's doing something stupid doesn't mean you have to do something stupid. And so the president says that... No, but you don't have to stand with the stupid people. But but wait a second. But you you can stand with people on certain things and be against them on others. So when he says things about Mueller, I'm on TV almost every Sunday. And I'm saying it's wrong. When you attack the FBI and our CIA and our intelligence agencies, as he does over and over, what do other countries think? It looks like we're divided, that we're fighting amongst ourselves, that we're weak. You you have to be a a patriot and say that's wrong i can't be with well, of that course, but that's what i said but it but it also doesn't mean that the other side's all that enticing either so everybody makes choices well, bill and and but they're and, not only republicans get this patriotic immunity yeah explain that to me 
Explain, well, like, if Obama did the things that, that Trump has done, if, if he said Comey was a nut job, I got rid of him, if he stood in the office with the Russians, if he stood in Helsinki and said, well, the intelligence agency says this, but Putin's a strong guy. He said it very strongly to me, and I believe him. Right. I don't know why I wouldn't, yeah. and then lies about the word would and wouldn't. Right. You don't think they'd have impeached him? You don't think you get, they get a pass? That... Listen, I think, I think if he had done stuff like that, they would have impeached him, and the, and the Democrats may wind up trying to impeach Trump. Yeah. But, the, but at the end of it, at the end of it, there is a different standard for this guy. There's no question about that, and it's been a different standard since the campaign. When I ran against him, I mean, listen, the day that he said that John McCain wasn't a hero... Right. Okay. After a guy spent six years in the Hanoi right. and was tortured and, and, and let yeah. and refused to take an early out because he was the son of an admiral. Like, I don't know how many boxes you have to check to be a hero, but it seems to me you checked all of them. Especially and, when and Donald so, Trump is a draft dodging but, playboy. But let me tell you why I knew it was a different standard. I mean, I, I actually talked to Jeb Bush that day. The day it happened, Jeb called me and said, well, Trump's going to be out of the race now. So you know, let's, let's be civil to each other as we go forward here. You and I are going to be fighting this thing out. And let's be civil. Let's not get this thing down in the dirt. We both thought he was gone. You can't survive that. Right. right? And then he did. Yes. All right? So, and, and, and we could go through a whole bunch right. of things that happened after that. The American people have held him to a different standard than they have held other presidential candidates and now other presidents. That's just the reality of it. We watch it happen, and that's the reality of it. So... I know you can bemoan it, but it's not just him. It's, it's, it's the fact that he's been held to a different standard by the media and by others when he was it's a candidate. It, he was. A Listen, lesser standard. I, that's my point. Yeah, okay. And so my, so my point is, like, I wouldn't have gotten away with saying that about no. John McCain. Jeb no, Bush wouldn't have gotten right. away with saying that John McCain. Okay, uh, John all right. Kasich, maybe. He's all a little right. crazy, answered, but, you know. You've but, answered my Right? And okay. I appreciate that. So, I'll ask you. so you get one last easy one. Okay. Oh, really? Why? I love the Mets and you love the Mets. Yeah, I got no. my Mets cufflinks on. I tonight, know. You... I'm ready. I'm... <laughs> Why do you love the Mets? I love the Mets because I was seven years old in 1969 and they won the World Series and I right. thought, this is the way it's going to be forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, All right. And 50 years later, they've won one more time. So, you know, but I. But, I, yeah. It's the only sports team in my house that all four children are required to root for. Yeah. In basketball, hockey, football, they can root for whoever they want. You must root for the Mets. My wife says to me, why don't you let them root for the Yankees? Let them be happy. And I said, no. Life, <laughs> life is full of pain and disappointment. They need to learn now about that. That's it. All right. Thank you, Governor. Come on, uh, watch a game with me sometime. Will you? I would love that. that. All right. Governor Chris Christie. We still got it. All right, let's meet our panel. Hey, Jack. Still a good politician, huh? Yeah. All right, here's our panel. He is a former Republican congressman from Georgia and former Trump campaign advisor. Jack Kingston is back with us. Jack, how are you? Very great, Bill. Good to be here. A brave man. She covers national security and the intelligence community for the Atlantic. Natasha Bertrand, great to see you again. And he's the career U.S. counterterrorism intelligence officer and author of The Plot to Destroy Democracy, How Putin and His Spies Are Undermining America and Dismantling the West, the Patriots' Patriot. Malcolm Nance is over here. How are you? <laughs> okay. So, uh... Virginia is changing its motto from Virginia is for lovers to I know this looks bad. <laughs> uh, so... 
I have many questions about this. Let's just start with the political part of it first. Uh, it seems like at first the governor he apologized. That's what Democrats do. And then the second day he was like, you know, I slept on this and that wasn't me. <laughs> right? Which seems like the Trump way to do it. Trump is always like, fake news, fuck you, nothing to see here, right? That's, that's his method of everything. Uh, so what's going to happen with this governor now politically? I can tell you this. We, as Republicans, we're enjoying every minute of it. Just watching. But, um, Bill, he's got to go. It, it was repugnant. I ran for office the first time in 1984. Nobody was putting on black faces and pretending it was right. fun. That was of sophomoric, uncalled-for behavior. And the only reason why we know about it now, unfortunately, is because of politics. And it, it was really the aftermath of the abortion bill that somebody leaked it to the press. But then you go to Fairfax. He's got now two allegations against him on sexual assault. Then you go to Herring. He's got a problem. And as you just pointed out today, now we've got another one. But um, they, they really need to get rid of But Republicans don't it. quit, like Roy Moore. I don't he, think Northam's going to quit. I, I really don't. I, I, I talked to uh, Congressman Tom Davis today, and he said he's going to dig down and, and just... Uh, That's the Trump it. way, yeah. He's learned from Donald Trump. Exactly. You learn that you ride through this political scandal, especially when there are a number of other political scandals embroiled around you. I mean, we just learned from the Access Hollywood tape and the dump of the WikiLeaks emails at the exact same time. I mean, this is a very potent and, strategy. Well, let's don't act like he invented that. There was this guy named Bill Clinton, <laughs> and he had a scandal or two, and he powered through it. So I, I think it's not anything new, but um, I, I think that the, well, uh, <laughs> the legislators of Virginia have a big role here, and they can call for his resignation. All I know is that, you know, coincidence takes a lot of planning. Within a 72-hour... That's a little... Right. In a 72-hour period, we have the top three Democratic leaders of the state of Virginia all under being called to step down. And the next person in line of secession would be the Speaker of the House, who's a Republican. That I wish guys. we were that smart. No, well, <laughs> well you could not. be. I mean, they've yeah. proven themselves to be really bad and at oppa research up until this point, if it's all only coming out right now. And that's now. the thing. Governors have a lot of power. L let me read something from Delene Glatton. She writes for the Chicago Tribune. I've read her before. She's terrific. And she says, I will not pretend to speak for every African-American, but for many of us, there is simply no outrage over that blackface photograph. Of course, it's racist and offensive, but many of us who live in blackface every day aren't shocked, shocked to learn that a white politician has racist skeletons in his closet. What many African Americans care about is what has Northam done for them lately? And she mentions Medicaid expansion. Okay, this is something that affects real people. Mm -hmm. Voting rights. Uh, returning felons' rights to vote. Right. Um, governors decide sometimes who lives or dies by execution, whether the EPA does its job or is handcuffed. ICE. You know, real people with real lives. I think she's getting at the point that, you know, the chattering classes use these kind of things to pick at each other. But people in real situations who need Medicaid, right. that's what's more important. You know, I think it would be great if when you get to the point of black outrage, that every once in a while you talk to some black people about it... Right, that, yeah. <laughs> when, I when I first saw the photograph, the first question I had was, which one is he? Is he the guy in the Klansman, or is he the other one? Or is he neither of the two? 
He says that he, he may not have been either of the two. Then why There's, is it on his page? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the thing is laid <laughs> that out. That looks I don't bad, know. too. I like this picture I don't know, so much. If I that's the case, half of this nation right. at Halloween is never, ever, ever going to be allowed to run for office. Right. If this is a, you know, That's as I call true, it, Malcolm. a killing well, earth. Nobody was doing that. You know, I'm from the deep south. I was a, I lived well, in a college town racism. where there was all kinds of soft, sophomore <laughs> things. I'm not sure what I heard, Malcolm, but um, let me just say real cute. Um, Bill, nobody's doing that kind of stuff. And I don't know why you're apologizing for this guy. Well, I mean, you, do, do you think he should resign? I mean, nobody was Do you think he should resign? Jack. I don't know, because it really requires some investigation. Did you, know, you think both... Kavanaugh was guilty? But no, I mean, not... are, we, are you so tempered on that? Because that's what, one of the things that, to me, if is we're gonna start real to... interesting is that, that now we're hearing from Democrats, well, we need to learn more. We need to really study this thing. And by the way, Fairfax's attorney same attorneys that defended Kavanaugh. His accuser's attorney are the same ones who were um, representing Blase Ford. When the Kavanaugh... Which is kind of an interesting twist in Virginia. When the Kavanaugh investigation started, or when the Kavanaugh scandal started, the first thing I said was, we need an investigation. In my time in the armed forces, we had a rigid And did you defend him publicly? Because I didn't see it. No, the thing that I didn't like about Kavanaugh was his attitude towards the oh, world. Oh, his attitude. He was just disqualified. <laughs> Look, okay, so... No. So if, what? Well, okay, Malcolm, the, I just if, heard it. If you, you just said qualify, uh, you said Kavanaugh should be disqualified. Do you think Fairfax, think... Herring, <clears throat> or um, Northam are disqualified? I think what should That's happen what... is what should have happened with Judge Kavanaugh, which is an investigation using all the investigatory powers of the state. Okay. There's an organization that I helped train in, in Virginia called the Bureau of Criminal Investigation down in Richmond. They are the state investigatory body. Give them the resources, time, money, and manpower. And let's get to the bottom of this, Unlike rather than Kavanaugh. try to overturn an election. But, yeah. but, well, let, let, uh, Kavanaugh had been vetted over and over again by the U.S. Senate far before this nomination, and he was vetted again. And then you had everybody running out and saying, "I believe her." Where are they now when it comes to Fairfax's accusers? There are a few, but do you believe his accuser? What I believe is, first off and foremost... Or do you have a problem with his attitude? Hold on. No, not at all. I believe that every person should have the exact same standard held to them, including the president with 21 accusations against him. It needs to be investigated. I think we can rest assured that the president is being investigated. Not those okay. particular co- ch- uh, accusations. Though. Okay. Uh, can I move on to the State of the Union? What? Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it was just, great. It, it was great. You loved this speech. I did. Okay. Let me just... Of course. Yeah. Well, you're a Trump supporter, you know, and, and we appreciate you coming here and towing that line. Um, uh, but... He said the only thing that can stop it, he's talking about uh, was it, the economic miracle in the country, which is basically Obama's miracle. It's amazing the way he, the way he gloms onto that as, a, well, as if the, the economy wasn't humming along when he took office. It, well, it's, Bill, we've, it, under his watch, we've got five million new jobs. There was under actually more watch. under Obama's last two years. It, he, Do you know that? Is that, I'm not did that fact get sure. no? Of I'm course not, not because it doesn't get on Fox no. News. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> you know what? I'll get, I, I will give you that point. But what we do know okay. is actually 5.3 million new jobs. We do know that African American unemployment historic low. Okay. Uh, Hispanic unemployment historic low. 
11 months of 4% unemployment. No president in recent years can claim that kind of thing. Okay. Right. Americans are prosperous. The point I was, getting, good I was it. getting to is he says the only thing that can stop this miracle are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. And then he says, if there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation. Is that a threat? Is he using the State of the Union to threaten people? It sounded like he was trying to hold Congress hostage by saying, if there is actually legitimate oversight done of my administration for once, which he has not experienced since taking office, then he is going to, you know, stall any potential legislation, you know, anything that comes his way because he is just, he's not accustomed to this kind of accountability. And, you know, the the fact of of the matter is that he has never been, I mean, what is it, like 60% of his time now is executive time. So it's never been an issue of of the time that it takes or, you know, the fact that he has to sit down with with Mueller. It's it's all about the fear of having to be accountable for, for the things But this done. sounds like a threat. It's, it's like one of those sci-fi movies where people are watching TV and then it goes out and a madman comes on and says, do what I say or you... You will all die. (laughs) Now back to your regular program. And it kind of rhymed a bit. It was just very odd. Uh, uh, Actually, though, I think he was calling to a a higher calling. And and I have to say, (laughs) Natasha, I have to say, Jack, Natasha, I wish I had some award for you, the the Bullshit Spin Award. I'm pleased. Bill, what can I... Bill, what can I Bill, give you? I, I have been training for this for a long time. I know okay. you have. And... Now, but, but, but you have to remember that um, Richard Burr and Mark Warner in the Senate have done an investigation thoroughly, and they have done it in a very bipartisan manner. And you and the media have said many, many times, why can't the House be nonpartisan and judicial as the Senate has been. So to say that he hasn't been investigated is, is, uh, you know, he hadn't been investigated by Adam Schiff, who has been calling him, and Adam's a friend of mine, but he has called him an agent of Russia. Well, that's not exactly... um, No, we uh, were wondering why the House Intel Committee could not be functional like the Senate Intel Committee. I mean, for the last year, Mm. it was... It was just the Republicans playing interference. And I think it's a big misconception also to say that the Senate Intel Committee is running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, but but I understand that there are people who aren't going to be satisfied until he's found guilty and that there's collusion. But right now, the Senate committee that up until tonight was always being praised for being bipartisan and thorough, and they have come to the conclusion that there's no collusion. All I know is this. All I know is this. Is that clearly this guy has never heard, Donald Trump has never heard of Richard Nixon, who is fighting a war while under investigation. Okay, I know he doesn't read, but he should at least watch the end yeah, part not, of all the Malcolm, president's you men. Know that's not what he needs. And he can find out how the movie ends because you can have both things happen. Malcolm, okay. But, okay. I, I, I'm sorry, I got to move on because the business at Trump Tower is down. This is the bad part. <laughs> it is true. A lot of his properties are people don't you know, want to be associated with that brand. So I'm not making this up. They have made a video, Trump Tower in New York, the flagship, the famous one, made a video to try to get people, this is it, to uh, buy office space in this building, which has a lot of empty office space. But honestly, who is this targeted for? Who's going to buy office space? Maybe the the yeah. rush. Jack, I'm doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> The only people who are going to be interested are the Russians. So this is, this is the ad they made. Are you a Russian oligarch who needs to bribe Trump family? Then I have deal for you. Launder your money through Trump Tower. 
Since 1983, Trump Tower has been building up choice for men in tracksuit to drive Ferraris. Whether you need an entire floor for propaganda factory or just one room to mix poison, the lobby is sexy. All latest technology. Look, stairs move by magic. Much space in office to ratfuck election. Oh, and such big windows. Keep open for sun or close to murder journalist. Floor easy to clean. We make murder this morning. Leave big red stain like Gorbachev had. Now, no blood. And rug stain resistant. So if you have to have pee party with hookers, no stain for Robert Mueller to find, yes? Beautiful view of Fifth Avenue, famous street where Trump killed somebody. You take journalist to balcony, you say, look at city, journalist. You push, no more journalists. Trump Tower, great place when you want to get away. With crimes, <laughs> Call now and have our people collude with your people. All right. He is the Monty Python comic icon whose new book is always Look on the Bright Side of Life, a sort of biography. He is a pillar of comedy, this man. He is on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. He's in the Mount Olympus. You can mount anybody in comedy. They're not funnier than Eric Thank you so much for being here. I know you don't need the money. Uh, spam well, a lot. You don't give us very much, so, it's <laughs> so it works out. Uh, I have been reading your book. I have been enjoying it so much. It's like having sex with candy. It just... <laughs> is that a good thing? It or is candy a, a name a, of a porn a... star? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you had a rough childhood. That, I read that in the book. And you call yourself a failed pessimist. I love that. It's so elegant. Meaning, <laughs> life started out rough, but it really came out in the wash for you, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an optimist, at least by in the mornings. I'm a pessimist at night. I mean, I, <laughs> I see the glass half full, and, and you've already drunk it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the song that the book takes its title from, Always Look on the Bright, always been one of my favorites. When the first time I saw Life of Brian, <laughs> what, which is a movie that... I owe you a great debt because I made a religious movie called Religious. That and a movie, very good when, movie. When too. Larry Charles yeah. and I pitched it, they were, the studios were like, "You can't make a movie making fun of religion." And we said, "There is one, Life of Brian." <laughs> and everybody went, "Oh yeah, I love that one." So maybe. Well, that's good. Now yeah, they like and it. And that was yeah. the first one. The, yeah. Nobody really had ever done that before. Made fun of religion in a movie like that. No, but we examined it intelligently, I think. You did. You know, we gave it a fair crack. And yeah, we, didn't, you... we didn't make fun of J.C. No, I mean, you he's didn't. He's in it twice. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Brilliant... He's in a baby, and he's in, you know, and that's Slammer on the Mount. It so. was a brilliant conceit to make it about And Brian. that song was written to be crucified, too. That's... And, and... <laughs> have you ever been crucified? Uh, no. Uh... Yes, you have, actually, by ABC. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say it was started out ironic, and it ended up iconic, which is so true. It's sung at funerals now. It's the most popular song at funerals. They sing it at soccer games. This is true. It's the number one song played at British funerals, um, which is good news and bad news, because they don't pay royalties. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if, if the people who were singing it realized that it was a song sung by somebody on a cross... Well, I uh, think that's I... the point of the song, really. You haven't got a lot to look forward to when you are being crucified. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But it's still a very optimistic thing. It does say, always look on the bright side of death. 
which is what they are in the lyrics, which I right. think is uh, it's very important. And I, I think it's important that people do look on the bright side because these are very grim times. And people they need are. a laugh. And you, that's, know, you give them that. That's why I keep reading this book. And I want to... You, you mind if I read a couple of passages here? Because I'm, I was re interested in your, your love life. And you talked first about... I can barely remember it. Well, <laughs> you're talking about your first wife, and you said, I had fallen in love with a beautiful Australian actress called Lynn Ashley, whose painted breasts I first saw on a poster outside my local cinema. I guess that's the poster. And uh, yeah, the I'll never forget what's-his-name. Yes, that's right, a Michael Winner movie. Okay, then you're um, reading in the other chapter about your... Your current wife, mm. uh, you said there is only one edition of Playboy magazine from the 70s that does not have a full nude on the cover. It features the beautiful derriere of a lovely lady in blue cut-off jeans. There it is, on a bicycle seat. And then you talk for a while about the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say... Peter, I married that ass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric... Your first wife, yes. you saw her on a poster for her with her tits. Yes. And your second wife, you saw her ass on a magazine cover. No. No, I didn't see it till afterwards. I saw her face to face and I fell in love with her at once. She asked me to dance and that was it 42 years ago. All right, well, okay. I was, yeah. was going to make a joke about oh, I'm it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, we're all spoiling your jokes, I'm sorry. Maybe you should do a sign when we no, do no. a bit. But it is funny that you saw the one wife with the tits and the second wife with the ass. I mean, it's just, it just struck me in the book. You know, I, I, I'm reading the book. I missed very... out. All right. <laughs> so um, the other song I love that you wrote, Galaxy Song, everything I know about astronomy is from the Galaxy Song. Mm. Uh, and those numbers in it are actually quite accurate, right? They were accurate, but the song's 30 years old, so right. I get into trouble from astrophysicists nowadays saying, actually, the galaxy's much bigger, there are more than a billion trillion stars in the universe, so we have to keep updating it. But, you are, but you, you are not afraid of artificial intelligence, like, like a lot of people. I'm worried about artificial stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, it's... Um, <laughs> it's... It's Fox News that bothers me. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't... I, I don't what, do you, what do you mean by artificial uh, intelligence? Well, because, I um, mean... My Tesla I, works fine. <laughs> yeah, OK, but I worry about things that movies portray as bad in the future because they always come true. And so in movies, are, the robots always take over. And I think that will happen. I, maybe it has. <laughs> <laughs> You mean, Ooh. like, Dick Cheney is really a Russian robot? I've thought that many times. I don't know. Um, and what about Brexit? You're British. Um, yeah, I think what's it's... What's going on with Brexit? It's a mess. I mean, I don't... I live here, so I don't really... I'm not in, facing it every day, but it, they are so depressed and fed up because it's the same thing, you know? It, it, it was the, it's the Russians, it's Cambridge Analytica, it's yeah. the newspapers controlled by people who don't live in the country and don't pay taxes, and a series of lies. And they're about to run away from Europe again. I call it Dunkirk 2. <laughs> Only this time we're following the Nazis out of Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is the same people, Cambridge Analytica. I'm afraid so. Yeah, but, the, but the, what they're getting at... I mean, a lot of people in Britain... I mean, they compare them to the Trump people here. They feel like they're losing their country. I mean, is there any validity to people feeling that way without... I mean, race is part of it. They don't like immigration. That's part of it. But 
if you if you if you feel like your cultural identity is slipping away, is that valid to recognize? I, I don't think people? it's true. I think we were doing very well. We were leading Europe, and now we're just going to crash. We've dropped ten percent. It's just going to go crazy, and uh, it, it's just it's just insane. And it's populist po politics, and it's not based on reality. Scaremongering, and I think that's worked here. And it's time we stop that working in politics. And, and uh, what are your thoughts on Jeff Bezos' dick? <laughs> I think it's a pecker outing a pecker, isn't it? <laughs> David Pecker, you're right. Um, can I read his... But it's better than a mushroom dick, isn't it? <laughs> um, you see what happens when you bring a pillar of comedy on? It's, 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 the, the place breaks, the tone, uh, breaks, breaks into laughter, all of it. <laughs> Uh, let me read what Jeff Bezos said today, because he was being blackmailed. He says, of course, I don't want personal photos published, but I also won't participate in their well-known practice of blackmail. I prefer to stand up and roll this log over. Yes, he really said that. He's in the middle of a scandal about his dick, and he said, I prefer to stand up and roll this log over and see what crawls out. There is talk it might be, there might be a government role, because Trump is the head of the government, in getting these texts. Do you think that's possible? You would know things like this. That kind of collection is extremely hard to do. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that it's not How technically they feasible. Them? Well, it was probably done by a, a close relation. You have to, you know, the easiest way when you're doing clandestine collection like that is steal the phone for five minutes. Clone it and you have everything that's on board. I mean, they have his text messages and his photographs. If you want to do external collection or something like that, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Come a lot on, of isn't time. the NSA... Doesn't, can't they see anything? Yeah, they can do anything they want, but that has to go through a watch section that's going to be showing those pictures around everywhere. So Business. it's not going to be It can't be one guy in the NSA could no. have done... No, a rogue officer could not have done that? No. Okay. Well, that's Bezos it. has, and his private investigator, they actually have someone in mind who might have had a role in this, which is the brother of his lover who has bizarre relationships with, like, Carter Page. And, I mean, they all kind of, all the scandals kind of intersect. Um, right, and Roger Stone. But, you know, I think that it's, it's pretty remarkable how Jeff Bezos totally flipped the script on this. I mean, he was in the middle of the divorce scandal. He, you know, he had a ton of problems. And then he comes out and he takes on this bully head-on. And he completely exposes the kind of extortion that AMI has been practicing for so long. And, and I also just think it's amazing how scared AMI must have been of what Bezos was investigating to completely compromise the immunity deal that they had with prosecutors in the Southern District of New York. Right. I mean, the very person who was sending Bezos all the information about the photos had an immunity deal with the prosecutors. So just the kind of risk they were taking is very telling. So when I was watching the State of the Union speech... I saw language used about abortion that I've never seen a president use, especially in that setting. And I noticed today John Roberts has, for some reason, come over to the liberal side on the abortion issue. He's, he stood up for... <laughs> the state of Louisiana only has three abortion clinics, and they were about to close two of them. He stood in the way of that. It may not last, but we'll see. It seems to me like this is the issue that the Republicans are going to run on. The wall and the womb. <laughs> That's what they care about, and we all, I think, at our peril, forget that a lot of this country votes on that one issue. 
They don't follow politics as closely as the rest of us do on a political junkie show like this. Mm -hmm. That's the issue they care about. And it's, and if... Bill, I, I think, though, that the economy's in the greatest shape it's been in many, many years. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it is. It, it's it, it's basically in the down, same shape it's been. Is up, the it's, stock market's doing no, well. They had little hiccups. But um, people are making money, Bill. That's what he's going to run on. And when you say... What, is what that the all that matters to you? Is money? Uh, well, is I'll that, tell you one everything? thing. Two things that really matter are jobs and peace. And we have both of them right now. And that's not bad. <laughs> but Trump didn't even... I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry okay, to insert some re economic but, reality here, know, but, but we are at peace. But wait, you are a lobbyist. Are you know, you're paid to say other people's opinions. I'm also the only one up here. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, that's not true. Actually, that's what you do when you act. If I can do uh, it. We also but write let me, first. Let me, so say, that, let me say know. this. Let me say this. I'm the only one here who's been in elected office, and I know that the middle class is very interested in jobs because jobs are good. And if we as a Republican okay. Party... Right. Okay. And, Bill, I'm actually going to back into agreeing with you. Moving away from some of the more lightning rod social issues and talking about jobs, which we did not do last November, that's what's going to help us win in 2020. Jack, there were a million people almost out of work for 35 days because the president shut down the government. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. The December jobs report, 222,000 new jobs. The January okay. jobs report, you know, okay, 304,000 right. jobs. Again, More new jobs were created in January you didn't during the, the shutdown. And I'm not saying the shutdown's good. You, you just piggybacked on the accomplishments yeah. of the previous administration. Well, it's at the some same, point, Bill. It's, it's the same. At some point, it's, at some point the, a okay. lot of these Democrats are going to have to get over it. I also have an economics degree. Okay. I, I, you can't keep claiming that Obama did everything right and anything no, no, wrong No, no, I'm just saying Trump's it's fault. basically the same economy. It, you know what it reminds me of? It's like a it, rich guy who inherits, economy, say, $400 million, and then <laughs> it, I turned that me. into $450 million. <laughs> yeah, you left it in the bank. He has, he has repealed... He, he has repealed some of these job-killing regulations that has unshackled private yes. sector. Thanks for the There's poison more water, water, by the More way. women workers than ever. <laughs> um, you know what? Okay. But that, right. the prosperity okay. and... Uh, you know oh, what? Let me put this cut. in NASCAR terms so you can understand this. <laughs> oh! Let me driver for you laps the field eight <laughs> times okay and the re and the replacement driver gets in drives 500 oh, yards and says yeah, i won sure. yeah okay, okay. That's what... okay. thanks obama all right let me put this inside the beltway terms okay <laughs> not true uh, it's just total elitism malcolm for you to say that and to say that that how long is are we going to be able to say oh this is obama's doing okay. because it was good all right thank, on, thank you panel time for new rules everybody new rules okay new rule you can give an 80-minute speech that puts everyone to sleep and end it by saying we have not yet begun to dream <laughs> oh, <laughs> believe me, some of us already have. <laughs> <clears throat>
New rule, millennials have to stop criticizing Maroon 5 for their Super Bowl performance. You know what us old-timers had for halftime shows? Marching bands <laughs> forming feet. Pete Fountain playing the clarinet with Snoopy. Up with people. You guys are spoiled. You get two halftime show nipples. We only got one. <laughs> New rule, Baba Singh, the man with the 200-pound turban, has to let me go ahead of him in the airport security line. That's uh... <laughs> New rule, the taxi industry has to launch an advertising campaign touting the one single advantage that they have over Uber. Cabbies, you don't have to pretend to like us. <laughs> New rule, Canada should stop denying Dave Assman's request to have his last name on a vanity license plate. <laughs> it's his real name. But Canadian officials are afraid of the look on people's faces when they read it. But as Dave said, I don't care about their face. I'm Dave Assman. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, new rule, instead of saying both parties are equally to blame for the mess we're in, just admit you haven't really followed politics for the last 20 years. Now, everyone is mad at Howard Schultz for thinking he can be the barista-in-chief, but nobody is attacking his central premise, that we need an independent because both sides have become equally extreme. Now, I'm not here to pick on Howard. I don't believe in kicking billionaires when they're down. <laughs> and besides, there's some professional courtesy involved. I also was once a drug dealer. <laughs> but this idea of a pox on both their houses is just factually wrong. There's a pair of highly respected scholars named Norm Ornstein and Thomas Mann who've been analyzing Congress for half a century always criticizing both parties in equal measure. But then around 2012, they started writing something very different. Summed up in their article, let's just say it, the Republicans are the problem. They wrote, the Republican Party has become an insurgent outlier, ideologically extreme, scornful of compromise, unmoved by conventional understanding of facts, evidence, and science. Exactly. Congress is not broken. The Republican Party is broken. So, so when I hear Howard Schultz say, we are sitting today with approximately $21.5 trillion of debt, which is a reckless example not only of Republicans but of Democrats as well, it's obvious he just hasn't done his homework. Bill Clinton left office with a surplus. Obamacare was paid for. And Obama's bank bailouts, necessary because of a Republican recession, were paid back. Reagan, W, and Trump all ran up huge debt with tax cuts for the rich, and their party continues to practice trickle-down economics long after evidence has shown it not to work. Yes, evidence. Only one side generally trades in reality anymore. Trump has made over 8,000 false or misleading statements as president. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Yes, all presidents lie to a degree, but Trump is in a world of his own. 
He's Bob Beeman at the 68 Olympics, <laughs> breaking the long jump record by two feet. He's Babe Ruth, hitting 59 home runs when the previous record holder had 27. He's... He's... He's Tom Brady winning six fucking Super Bowls. <laughs> but this leveling of truth is a war being waged on democracy by only one side. 51% of Republicans still believe in birtherism. I once joked that Trump was the son of an orangutan. <laughs> and he sued me for it. But it didn't become a foundational belief of the Democratic Party. (laughs) A majority of Republicans believe Hillary ran a pedophile ring out of a pizza parlor. They believe three million people voted illegally in 2016. They believe reverse racism is a bigger problem than racism. If you drew a Venn diagram of insane and 21st century Republican, it would be a circle. After you'll get your shot after the show. In, over, in overtime, you'll get a rebuttal. Howard Schultz says both parties engage in revenge politics, but it wouldn't have even occurred to Democrats that you could simply refuse a president to fill a Supreme Court vacancy. Mitch McConnell did that. He said, I know it's in the Constitution. I don't care. Make me. Both parties are not extreme. That's extreme. Al Gore conceded the 2000 election for the good of the country. Would Bush have? Would Trump? Only one party thinks it's okay for presidents to have a side gig as a Russian agent. (laughs) Trump fired the head of the FBI for doing his job with the Russian investigation. Then he had the Russians over and laughed about it. That's not a bipartisan problem. If Obama did it, He'd be in Supermax now, trading cigarettes with the Unabomber. (laughs) And are you really going to tell me that both sides are equally to blame for the state of the environment? One party trusts the science on climate change, and the other asks, how can Earth be warming if I'm holding a snowball? So when you say they're both equally bad, just know that doesn't make you a sage. It's a stupid person's idea of a smart thing to say. It's a cheat that says you're above it all when you're really just too lazy to tell shit from Shinola. It's... And it is the central fraudulent idea that allowed an outsider like Trump to get elected. It's one step up from I don't vote. It's like claiming that I don't read makes you smarter and I don't shower makes you smell good. All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Mirage, 15th and 16th of this month. I want to thank Jack Kingston, Natasha Bertrand, Malcolm Nance, Eric Idle, and Chris Christie. Join us now for Overtime on YouTube. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10 or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.